welcome. I'm glad that you're here. I, I, I think everybody knows by now, unless you've been checked out for this whole series, that we're on a trip around the sun. And so how many of you, you're still holding on to your boarding passes? That's an awesome thing, you know, because we're going to pick a winner today, um, getting, a, a, getting a round trip uh, via chartered air to the Bahamas. And so if you're sitting on seat A7, you can look underneath your seat and, no, just kidding. Um, <laughs> that's, that's the benefit of attending on site, right? <laughs> but, but just kidding. But, you know, wouldn't that be great? We, we're on this trip and we're traveling together. And so in 2021... If somebody says, how's your year going? You know, you can say, it's been pretty great. It's been going pretty well. And if you end up, you know, having this conversation later, you can also say, you know, I've traveled. When Pastor Sean told me this morning, we've been, tra- we've been traveled as of this day over 73.8 million miles so far this year. And of course, you know, we're talking about the fact, if you've been along with us for this journey, um, that the earth is making a loop around the sun. That's our year. And we're traveling at 67,000 miles an hour on the earth around the sun. And so far in this year, we're 45 days in, February 14th. So happy Valentine's Day. And um, I don't know if Deanna's going to be watching this live or watching it later, but um, I, I struck gold with, with my Valentine. I am, I am so blessed uh, to be able to call her mine now for 28 years, and um, so, but this is the sixth Sunday of the year, and we've covered 73.8 million miles of this journey. So, we're 73.8 million miles already on our trip around the sun, and it's amazing, isn't it? You know, and there's, we talked about this a little bit last week, I think that's when we showed the video of the, of the Mars, you know, helicopter that's going to be landing on the planet that's closest to us. Um, this Thursday is when that's going to happen. NASA is sending um, our, our ship there this Thursday. There's already some others from some other countries that have already landed this, this week. And so we're going to be the third one to, to make landing um, this week and, and, and really do the first like on-site, on-the-planet, on-board exploration of the planet of Mars that we've ever done. And so that's happening right now. That's happening this week. And, you know, so it's, it's pretty amazing to think about it in the context of all that we've been talking about so far this year. And it's amazing to think about how fast, you know, 73.8 million miles goes, right? Um, does it seem like, you know, to anyone else that January 1 was like just yesterday? But just for some of us, that's what it does. We have 365 a days a year and 45 of those are gone already. And so it won't be that long, for those of you that have been around this trip a few times already, it won't be that long before, you know, 150 of them are gone, and it won't be very long before we're, you know, opening Christmas presents and making New Year's resolutions for our next trip around the sun. And so that's what I really wanted to plant a seed in us with this series, so that, you know, in these precious moments that we have here on the planet Earth, that we're not all scrambling around, like, you know, Maybe, for instance, like a bunch of college students that are getting ready for, to prepare for an exam last minute, right? Or, you know, we're not all in a daydream at the end of our journey, but, but we are getting ready right now for what God may want to do in the course of the year as we journey together around the sun. And so the big question that we've been asking, and if, if I could ask you to stand and just read and honor God's word to us, um, as we have been accustomed to, we've been reading the same scripture every single week in this series, and we've been asking this question this whole month, what do you want to realize on this journey? Our text has been Psalm chapter 90, verse 12, um, and let's read this together on 3, 2, 1. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart 
of wisdom. Let's say it again. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. So Father God, Lord, we just ask you to do that this morning. Come in, um, interrupt um, our, 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 what can be our busyness sometimes. And Lord, interrupt and, and just speak through all the clutter that may be happening in our mind this morning. And, and uh, God, bring clarity and speak your truth and speak your word. Um, Lord, that pierces the heart this morning and changes us as a result of hearing it. God, we, we pray that prayer this morning with full faith, thinking, knowing that you will do it. In your mighty name we pray, amen and amen. All right, thank you. So teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. So I hope that you feel awakened to all that God has for you this year. That's kind of been our overarching prayer. Um, It's a good practice, by the way, to periodically throughout the year check in on our progress around the sun so that we don't lose sight of, of how precious our time is. Um, that we have these days in our hands and that we number them, right? And so, but our goal is what the text says, teach us to number our days so that we may gain a heart of wisdom. So it's, it's not just essential that you know that, you know, I'm on a trip around the sun. That's kind of been our catchphrase, but here's the reality. You are on earth traveling around the sun, um, but not only are we making a lap around the sun, but you're adding in essence, a ring to your life during this year. You know, like a tree, like a tree you're adding on to who you are during this year, right? And it's either gonna be this super narrow ring or this ring of growth and expansion and and health. And what God wants to put into our minds this morning, I believe, is that he wants us to add growth and expansion into our lives on this journey. And we even see that in the life of Jesus. So I'm gonna start with that this morning. I don't know... If you remember, you know, normally we drop off with Jesus. He was, he was born in Bethlehem, right? And we check back in when he begins his ministry at around 30 years in Galilee. But in between there, there's just a, it's just a couple glimpses into the life of Jesus as a growing young man. And I love what it says in Luke chapter 2, beginning verse 39. It says, When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew... And became strong. Can we say that phrase together? He grew and became strong. He was filled with what? He was filled with wisdom. He was filled with wisdom. Okay. Teach us to number our days that we may gain what? A heart of wisdom. We've, we've talked about how the beginning of knowledge is wisdom, that wisdom is the doorway into a, a lot of the stuff that God wants to do in and through us in our lives. And that's not just true for you. It's true for every single person on this planet. And it was even true for Jesus himself. And so it says he was filled with wisdom and he's still a little boy at this point and the grace of God was on him, right? So now fast forward to the end of the text and we see the story where Mary and Joseph went back up to Jerusalem, back up to the festival, and Jesus got lost. And he was in the temple, and he was doing his thing. And he said to his parents when they caught up with him, he said, well, why didn't you, where did you expect me to be? I was in my father's house, right? That's what he told them. Now, coming out of that, we see in verse 51, it says, Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. Now, that's not important to the message today. I just thought that for the parents in the room, I would give you that as a free gift in case you didn't know that that verse was in the Bible. Jesus went down to Nazareth with his parents and was obedient to them. (laughs) But this is what it says. His mother treasured all these things in her heart. And then look at the summary, verse 52. It says, and Jesus, here's the phrase again. He grew 
in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. So we know that Jesus here is somewhere which, you know, around 12 years old at this time. Um, but already it's being said about him, Jesus is growing. He's growing. And that's going to be the question that we're all going to want to ask this morning. Are you growing right now? Are you growing on this trip? Are you still growing? Are you still advancing? Are you still expanding? Are you still moving forward? It says he grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. And I think if we could just put a high point on our journey, that could be a great place for it on this trip around the sun. If it could be said of you, and if it could be said of me, when we come to the end of this journey, that Sandy grew, right? Or, you know, Derek grew. <laughs> Put your name in there. Pam grew this year. Dennis grew. They didn't stagnate. They didn't shrink down. They didn't backpedal. But he grew this year. She grew this year one time around the sun. So there's this 584 million mile journey. And so do you know what, you know, the banner over their journey is? The banner over their journey is that he grew or that she grew this year. And, and how he grew or she grew is in wisdom. It's in stature and it's in favor with God, and it's in favor with man. So how many of us would love to have that written over our journey this year? I know that would be something that I would like to see. How did your year go? Well, amazing. I, I grew in wisdom this year. That's something I want to you know, be said for me for this year. So this is the goal. Teach us the number of days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. So we're drowning in information currently. They call this the information culture that we're in. But we're starving for wisdom. We're all drowning in information. It's readily available. We can pull the phone out of our pocket, right? And we can talk to Siri or Alexa or whatever robot wants to answer us. And we can ask them whatever question that we want. And, and she'll tell us what we want to know, right? Oh, she's saying something to me now. Uh, and so um, we're drowning in information, but we're starving for wisdom. And the capstone of your life and my life could be God, teach me how to number my days well, that I may gain a heart of wisdom. That, so that at the end of this year, it can be said about me, she grew in wisdom and in stature. And I'll tell you something else about her. During the course of this year, she grew in favor with God and favor with man. So how many of us would love to have that written over our journey this year? How did your year go? right? Amazing. So a few weeks ago, we talked about the goal of walking more closely with Jesus, that we're on it, um, on a journey through the month of, of taking some daily time with God to accept the invitation that he's put on the table for us to walk with him, to, uh, to come. And, and I mean, that's just amazing in and of itself. That's how you grow in favor with God. But parallel to that, God is interested in, in you growing in favor with man, with mankind, if you will, <laughs> And so God wants your fellow employee, your coworkers, your peers, your classmates to think more of you at the end of this year, your neighborhood to think more of you, right? Your, your circle of influence to be wider for him at the end of this year. It's Jesus' model for us. He grew and he kept growing. Even when he was young, he grew both in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and in favor with men. And this is God's hope for you. This is God's hope for us um, in these days. So this morning, our message is really coming down to this. And here's the key. 
God wants you to invest in you. God wants you to invest in you. So what can you realize this year? Let's think about that on a personal level for a moment. And we'll kind of unpack that because that feels a little bit selfish to think that and to say that. But I want to look at it from, a, from the view, uh, the purview of scripture. And so um, what can you realize in one 584 million mile journey around the sun? So four things I just want you to write down if you're taking notes. Um, what can you realize, first of all, spiritually? How can you be different spiritually at the end of this year? Second thing, what could you realize personally? I have a stewardship of a body from God, right? It doesn't belong to me. It's on loan to me from God. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to be accountable to God with what I do with this body, which is housing his spirit and his son, uh, which he's loaned to me in this world to be a light for him and to this generation. And so what do you want to realize spiritually? And what do you want to realize personally? Do you want to, you know, lose some weight this year? Oh my goodness, this year, I, 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 I began this year, you know, we all were part, if you're part, if you were hanging around with us at the beginning of the year, we had our 21 days of prayer and fasting, right? And which led for me right up until the, the last day of the 21 days was my hernia surgery. And so I, I did, I was doing great. Um, uh, you know, I was fasting and I wasn't even really leaning into the goal of losing weight, but it was happening as I was um, fasting. And so I had lost 10 pounds leading up to surgery. And then I got back from my surgery and it all came back. <laughs> like, I mean, talking about like three days later. <laughs> and so, oh man, come on, help me, Lord. <laughs> right? So th that's the question that you want to ask though. What do you want to realize spiritually? Do you want to lose some weight? Do you want to get in shape? Do you want to get your cholesterol down this year? You know, some of us are going, okay, I'm three for three. <laughs> um, you know, let's keep going down. Do you want to cut back? You know, on the consumption of some thing or the other thing that's damaging you. And it might be hard, but it depends on you to maximize your life on this trip around the sun, right? So do you need to clean house? Do you need to clean up your room, declutter? Do all, you know, your shirts spark joy? You need to get rid of some of them. You know, here's another one. The third one I want you to write down. What, what do you want to realize relationally? We could do a whole series on this one. You know, is there a friendship that's broken that you feel maybe God could restore this year? Is there a friendship that you want to begin this year? Is there a friendship that you need to end this year? Maybe it's a relationship that you need to begin. Maybe it's a relationship that you need to end. And lastly, what do you want to realize in your passion lane? What are you passionate about that keeps you up at night? I believe God has already been stirring. I, I know it because I've been talking to some of you. God's stirring some things in your spirit, maybe even just this year or maybe even before. You know, we, we turn the, the clock on, on this year about what you're going to do with your life in terms of career or profession, even this year, whatever it is for you. So many times we, we, we come to church and it's all about kind of the spiritual plane without interfacing with, you know, what we're doing on the day-to-day. -day. And so we, then we go back to business as usual and back to where we live and back to the school or wherever it is. And I just want to acknowledge and say that God's stirring up a passion inside of you and giftings inside of you to take it to the school and to take it to the workplace and to take it wherever you go when you walk outside of this building. <laughs> and so it's a very spiritual thing for us to talk about this morning. We don't talk about that a lot in church because a lot of times we spend focusing on spiritual talk, but this is a spiritual conversation this morning. So this morning I want to take some time here. And when I think about 
um, you know, what you and I can realize in our passion lanes and our trip around the sun, I want, us to, I want to land us and lead us into this text in Matthew chapter 25 and spend some time there this morning. And I want us to think about our passions as we're reading this and our endeavors out in the world, okay? Because to grow in favor with God, we kind of get that. Um, that means that I need to start walking with God, that I need to learn how to listen to God. I've got to invest in that invitation from God. But how do we grow in favor with man? How does that happen? Well, for most of us, it's going to happen in and through our passions and our gifting and how that interfaces with the people that we come around um, on our day-to-day because that's what we're investing a lot of time in in our lives, right? And so in this parable of the talents that we're going to read in Matthew 25, it's important before we read it, I want us to define this. This is referring to the second coming of Jesus. In fact, there's three parables here, different stories here that tell um, about the return of Jesus in this way. And so um, in the first one, it's compared to this parable of, of 10 virgins, and they're all waiting for the bridegroom to arrive. And then the second one is talking in a little bit different language. And this is what it says. We'll start reading it. It'll be up on the screen if you want to follow along. It says, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. And then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once to put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. Okay, after a long time, The master of these servants returned and settled accounts with them. Now, this is a phrase that, you know, maybe we kind of skip over or we have skipped over. um, And it's not a commonly celebrated phrase or in scripture or a sentence. But I'm telling you, it's something to think about. God is coming back and God is the initiator and God is the creator and God is the giver of every good and perfect gift. And everything gets reckoned back to God at the end. And so God is putting this in terms that we can understand. Um, In the real world, people are going to say, especially if you know, in a, think about kind of like a business module, you, we gave you an opportunity, we gave you this job, we gave you a budget to work with, we gave you a staff, we gave you a team, we put you in an office and we expect some results, right? Um, what did you do? Let me see your report. Let me see your end of the year report. And so everybody gets that. And so I want to just kind of point this out this morning. I want us to understand that with God, This is similar to the picture that we see here. Not in the same way, you know, we we have a lot of ideas about how employees treat us and and all that stuff, but but he's gracious and he's kind to invite us into his kingdom adventures and he resources us and he puts us in opportunities and he gives us abilities and he gives us talents and gifts and then he says, go for it. And then there's the thing that, you know, in this, this phrase, I don't want us to miss, there's going to be a return visit and a conversation, a revisiting of what has happened after a few trips around the sun, right? And so it says, the master of those servants returned, and it says, settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more, his master replied. Well done, good and faithful servant. And we all get that, right? You know, you've been faithful with a few things. I'm going to put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. So to put that in eternal terms this morning, is Jesus is saying, on earth, 
I put you over some things, right? I gave you responsibility for some things, some gifts and some abilities and some passions and some opportunities and even some experiences in life, both good and bad. And you did great with that, way to go. In fact, you did so good with that, says I'm gonna actually give you some more stuff to do now in heaven. So come and enter into my joy. Come and enter into my happiness is what this, the share your master's happiness is what this translation says. In other words, at the end of this journey, hello, is that I get to step into whatever fires Jesus up most and be a participant in that with him in heaven. So, <laughs> you know, you're gonna like heaven. You're gonna like it. <laughs> if, you've, if you've been turned off by the idea that you're gonna do great stuff on earth, and then, you know, just lay in a fluffy pillow in heaven and somehow it's going to be better than the other option, but only because it's not the other option. And, you know, you know, fluffy pillows and the harp music really doesn't do a lot for you. That's not heaven. That's not heaven. Heaven is you've been a great steward of the abilities that I've given you on earth so much so that I'm going to give you even more in heaven. And so well done. Come and get in on my joy. And let's walk together and let's do these things together because we're living forever now together and we're going to do some amazing things that's going to bring more joy to your heart than you can probably even possibly fathom. Things that is going to fire, fire you up more than anything has ever fired you up. <laughs> and so the story goes on to the guy that had two talents. And master, he said, you've entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then he comes down to this last guy in verse 24. And he says, then the man who had received one bag of gold came. And master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. And his master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gathered where I have not scattered seed? Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags. Whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken away from them. So what's the point of the story? A couple of things that I think are amazing in this story. Number one, I want us to think about this first. God has given you an ability. God has given you an ability. Now don't get hung up on whether, you know, you've got five or two or the one. Because this is where a lot of us could get tripped up. Well, why did I get one? And why did she get five? And, and even when we're reading the story, right? We're thinking that maybe in the back of our minds. Why did they get three? Well, you know, why did he get to do that? And why does she get to do that? And why did I get what I got? And we ask those questions. And the thing I want you to see, first of all, is you got something from God. <laughs> you got something. Can we just celebrate that first before anything else? You know, you got a gift from God. You received ability from God. You've got an opportunity from him and, and experiences have come to you in your life from God. So we didn't just drop down on planet earth and start flying around the sun. 
but we were put here by the creator of the universe and the very breath that we have is stewardship to the almighty God. And everything that we've done with our hands and with our mind and with our breath is first a gift from God. And so we, you, you've, you've come across this. You've heard this conversation from somebody before. Well, I'm a, I'm a self-made man. I, I am a self-made man. There, can I just say this morning, there is no self-made man. <laughs> well, I, I started out with nothing, as in zero. It was just me in the dirt. <laughs> well, okay. So how did you get up on your feet? Well, I suppose I pulled up myself by my bootstraps, right? <laughs> You've heard that expression before? Well, where did you get your boots? I made them myself. I killed, I killed the cattle, Right? I skinned it and I made my own boots. And you put them together with what? You know, where did you get that hammer? Oh, well, I cut the, I cut the, 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 the handle of it from a tree and I, and I shaped that. And, and then I mined down ore out of the heart of the earth. And I made my own hammer to cobble my own shoes. And then I pulled myself up by my bootstraps. Well, who, who gave you the cow? Right? Well, I could have done it without the boots, I suppose, <laughs> right? I mean, we, there is no self-made man and no self-made woman. You come out of the womb helpless but miraculous because you were woven together by God before you even took your first breath. So we have a brain <laughs> that was given to us by God and the aptitude that was given to us by God and gifts given to us by God and even the determination that you used to make it where you are in the seat that you were in this morning to get out of your house and to go out in the cold and to get your vehicle running and functioning to get here was all of that ability was given to you by God and it's all been a stewardship of God into our lives and to some, he did give more. Maybe more opportunity, maybe more ability than others. That doesn't mean that he loves some more than others. It doesn't mean that some of us are more valuable in the kingdom than others. It just means that he gave one guy five bags of gold. He gave one guy two bags of gold and gave another one bag of gold. And the point is, they all had enough to do something great. Here's, here's something I want to think about. I, I used to read this, and I thought a talent was a coin, because in some translations, it'll say coin, right? You've, you've probably read that before. Um, that was the word used in some translations I read growing up. And so I used to think that, you know, one of them got five coins. Here's your five talents, bling, 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 right? And then here's your two, bling, bling, and the one, bling. <laughs> and so one day he's walking around this, with this one coin, like, what am I going to do with this coin? But a talent is not a coin. A talent is a measure of weight. And it's equivalent to 75 pounds. So basically, one talent in this story would be somewhere between 16 and 20 years worth of wages. That's your one coin. 16 to 20 years worth of working the nine to five, okay? So one guy got 100 years wages, which is a big deal. That's, that's huge. That's good. But the other guy who got the one, 20 years wages in his hand with that one talent. Have you ever had 75 pounds of gold put in your hands? <laughs> that's, that's one talent. Just think about that. That's not anything to sneeze at. 
And so God isn't sending you out with nothing. He's given you passions and ability and an opportunity. And the question isn't, what did God give you? The question is, what are you doing with what God gave you? Because you have the capacity, check this out, you have the capacity to double whatever he's given you, or even better than that. And a lot of times, here's what happens is we spend our whole lives going, or we, we, we'll find ourselves doing this. Okay, but I, I don't like what God gave me because it's not as much as he gave her. Or we get into this comparison game and that, that trap. And, you know, I don't know, but maybe it's because you've been sitting there looking at it and despising it since he gave it to you. If you put it in his hands and start praying over it and start releasing it in his kingdom, you might actually have more than what she has because she might take her five bags over there and bury them in a hole while you took your three bags or your one bag and you multiplied it. Or actually, more uh, appropriately, he multiplied it. You released it into the kingdom of God and he did what only he could do. And then... You may have 100 bags of gold right now. Who knows how God wants to multiply what he's put in you? The most important thing this morning is that we understand this. God has given you something on your journey. Listen to this. Don't miss this. God's given you something on your journey, but at the end of your journey, you're going to give something to God. Wow. God has given you something, but at the end of this journey, you, you, get to have, you have the opportunity to give something back. And so God has given you something for your journey, a passion, a fire in your gut, an ability, a gift, a talent. But guess what? At the end of your journey, you're going to give God something. So your ability is God's gift to you, but what you do with that, your, with that ability is your gift to God. Your ability is God's gift to you, but what you do with that is your gift to God. Your ability to be brilliant at whatever you're brilliant at is God's gift to you. But what you do with that ability is your gift to God. So that when we're landing our last trip around the sun, you, know, you can say, thank you, God, for this amazing opportunity, these passions and these experiences and this gift and this aptitude that you've given me. Now I want to let you know by the power of your Holy Spirit in me and the cause, for the cause of Jesus, here's what I did with those things that you gave me. Here's what I did. So we've, we've got too much of a self-focused view of life. Well, God gave me something and I'm just going to live this life and then I'm going to die <laughs> is how a lot of people live. And then what's he supposed to say when we get to heaven? Well, you know, that's great. You're amazing. Because here's, here's, what, here's kind of how it works on earth, or at least in, in the current culture, right? Everybody gets a participation award. <laughs> Every, everybody gets a trophy because we don't want to see that one kid that actually did better than everybody else make everybody else feel bad. So let's just give everybody a trophy, right? But giving everybody something has not helped any generation that's ever received the reward of everybody got something because everybody participated. When I grew up, and probably 
when some of you in the room grew up, your participation trophy was your uniform, <laughs> right? <laughs> when I grew up. Um, so if, if your team is the Vikings, you maybe you got a Vikings hat, you got a jersey, and you got some pants, and, and that's what it was. Your participation uh, was that you were on the team and you got the uniform. And so you're in the team photo, but if you didn't win, it just, it, it stinks, right? <laughs> it, and so maybe your dad would put his arm around you, encourage you, your mom would make some and brownies to make you feel better, and you went home, but you lost. And at the end of this journey, here's, here's what I'm trying to say to you this morning, and it's kind, of, it's kind of hard sometimes to take, you know, a spiritual concept and then take it into our current reality, but here's what I'm trying to say this morning. God isn't going to give everybody a participation trophy. What God is going to say is, what did you do with the ability that I gave you? And listen, it's, please don't hear this this morning. It's not in a works mentality of way. That's, I'm, not, I'm, we could, we, I, I'm planning a series maybe in James in a, in a few months, and then, you know, we'll talk about that. I'm not talking about in a works mentality, but in a way that heaven wants to celebrate what you've done with your gifts. Helen wants, heaven wants to celebrate that. And so um, you were saved, and you were filled with the Holy Spirit, and you had the very life of Jesus in you, and you have the resurrection power in you, and you have the word of God, the truth that stands all time with you. You have a family, and you have a body, and you were given spiritual eyesight, not to mention maybe for some of you the fact that you were given you know, an amazing mathematical talent or a brain, and maybe a phenomenal work ethic based on all that hardship that you went through um, you know, in those earlier seasons of life and a determination that was forged in you when you went through that fire that your family went through. And so you endured that trial and you walked through all of those experiences and all of those things set you up to be the very best fill in the blank that you can be. And what did you do with that? What did you do with that? So in your passion lane, I want you to take some notes. If you're taking notes, and I want us to make a plan for how we can realize the very best of us for our lives. And I think there's four big things that you want to think about speaking um, of your passion lane and your abilities on this trip around the sun, okay? Number one is to be the best where you are. Be the best where you are. Psalm chapter uh, 37, verse 3 is a text that I love, and this is what it says. It says, trust in the Lord and do good and dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Another translation says it this way, trust in the Lord and do good, dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. So the best thing maybe that you can do to improve in 2021 on this trip around the sun is to not simply dream about where you want to be in another stage of your life, but become the very best at whatever you're doing right now. (laughs) So there's a secret in life and it works like this. You'll never be better at the next thing that you're doing than you are at the thing that you're doing right now. And so don't fall into the trap of saying, well, I don't like this job and I don't like this teacher and I don't like this deal that I've been handed in life. I don't like what I'm doing. I really don't like this particular environment. Maybe if I get in another environment, I'll do better. Uh, I'll be a lot happier. I'll chip in a lot more. That's a fallacy. In, In life, we are who we are And you are becoming who you're going to be by how you're doing what you're doing right now. I know that's a mouthful, so I want to say it again. We are who we are, and you are becoming who you are going to be by how you're doing what you're doing right now. That's cultivating faithfulness, right? 
befriend faithfulness. So the number, maybe the number one thing that you can do in your passion lane this year is get about the business of being the very best at blank, whatever it is that God is calling you to do, right? So you're like, but I don't want to do this my whole life. Well, maybe God's not asking you to do what you're currently doing your whole life. Here's what I'm saying. What would it look like if on this trip around the sun that we're on right now that you said, I want to know what my goal is going to be. So I'm going to seek God. I'm going to ask him, you know, what is that thing? And I'm not going to despise where I am now one more day but I'm going to crush the living daylights of what I'm working on and what I'm doing right now on this trip around the sun. And I, I can already hear, you know, somebody saying, you know, well, Sean, you don't know what I do for a living. You don't know what I do at my job. You know, I restock napkins at the fast food restaurant and somebody just grabbed 10 napkins for that one hot dog that they were gonna, that they're gonna eat. And he was like, you're not performing surgery, dude. <laughs> So I have to go to the back of the warehouse and I have to grab the napkins and I have to fill that, you know, napkin box and, and put them all back in there and pick up the 18 that you dropped off and that's what I do. And so you say, Lord, I did really good on restopping the napkins. And so whatever's, here's what I'm saying this morning, whatever's in your hand is your opportunity to maximize your ability. And so if that's what you're doing, I believe that however we put, whatever it is that we put, wherever it is is that we put it, says a whole lot of our understanding of the stewardship that God has given us called life. And I would encourage you this morning, if you have some passion stirring up inside you, be the very best at whatever it is you're doing at and putting your hands to right now. If you're working a temp job somewhere, do the very best at it. If it's babysitting, be the best. Why? Because that's gonna set you up for the best case scenario in the future of whatever it is that you wanna be. Number two thing I would encourage us to do this year is to embrace and celebrate the stairs. Some of you will remember this um, from a series we did a couple years ago. There's no elevator to the top and you've, you've gotta take the stairs and do you know how you take the stairs? And as I may remember when we had the, um, it was in the series we did called Passion and Purpose, probably a couple years ago now. We brought out the big mobile staircase that was right off here over to the side of the stage and each step had some different labels as we took different steps up it. And the idea is pretty simple. You know, how, how do you take stairs? Well, for, for most of us, it's one at a time. Some of you are like, no, not me. I'm, I'm running up those stairs. I'm taking steps two or three at a time. Okay, great. You can take them two or three at a time, but you're still taking them two or three at a time. Nobody's taking them like eight stories at a time, right? You take them, you take steps one at a time for most of us. The same way Jesus came down from heaven, the same way we get up into the things that God's planned for us. We go up the steps and we go up one at a time. The problem is, how do you get up there? And are you despising every step? Or are you celebrating everyone? There's one step closer to what I believe God wants to do in my life. That will change how you approach this next year. So embrace and celebrate the stairs. Jesus, we read several times. This is, this is what the, the language I'm, I'm getting this from. We read several times in scripture. He grew. He grew. He didn't take the elevator to the top. He grew. He didn't come out of the womb walking on water. He grew. And so we grow. And we grow in wisdom in stature, and in favor with God and man, all right? This next image is pretty fun. Um, anybody know what that is? Just curious, anybody? Somebody in the first service says, it's a house, so thank you very much. <laughs> it's, this is, um, 
10,704 Northeast 28th Street in Bellevue, Washington. Pretty normal. But in that garage is the first place that Jeff Bezos had an online business right there called Amazon. His first step of many stairs over the years, right? And just this week, actually, it was in the news. He handed off that business to somebody else. So he's taking another step this week, moving into another spot. Embrace and celebrate the stairs. The third thing that I would encourage us to do is raise others. Be the best at whatever it is that you're doing right now, number one. Whatever passion God has put inside of you. Number two, embrace and celebrate the stairs. I'll take a step today and I'll keep taking steps and I'll take another step tomorrow knowing that every step is a part of God's journey for me along the way. And then number three, raise others. So I won't talk about this a lot, but this is what God wants us and asks us to do. It's to be a disciple. It's a lot, one of the last things he said before leaving the planet. Um, to disciple one another. To Don't be the one that, in other words, that just says, you know, I'm just going to keep on doing what I'm doing right here until something better comes along. And when that time comes, I'm going to jet. Don't be that person. But instead, that, that's, that's selfish thinking. Instead, be a disciple. Be the person that, with the Jesus mindset that says, I might not be doing this forever, wherever you're I'm at right now. In fact, I'm probably, I'm, I'm almost pretty certain, fairly certain that this isn't even my calling. But when I'm here, when I leave here, um, I, I believe God is going to open a, a door for me to advance uh, because I'm investing in the gifts and the talents and the abilities that God has given me back to him and back to his kingdom. And so I believe there's going to be a, a bigger door for me in the future. And so I believe if I keep taking the stairs here, eventually I'm going to be on the 20th floor and not on the second floor. And my goal is when that door opens, I want to be able to say thank you for this opportunity, for helping me grow and for helping me grow in stature and wisdom. I found and I'm taking a new position, but don't you worry because Johnny is ready. I've been pouring into Johnny, and Johnny is your man. I've been pouring into him for the last four years. So everything that I know, he knows. Um, I've, he's like a sponge. He is your guy. He's a learner. He's humble. He's, he's hungry. He's a hustler, and he's ready. So thank you so much. You know, how can I leave this place in a way that best serves you? That's a Jesus mindset, a discipleship mindset that you're growing others around you. Not that the, that the car is running outside and let me get out of here as quick as I can. Invest in somebody else. That's called discipleship. Number four, the last thing, grow. Grow you. Grow you on this journey around the sun. Grow you. Never lose sight of the potential that's in you. If if you've just got one talent, your sack of 75 pounds of gold, grow you this year. Like, you mean God would be okay if I spent time growing in my passion and my ability? Yeah, he gave them to you. He gave them to you, so grow them. Grow you. Be the best at whatever you're doing right now and embrace and celebrate the stairs and raise up somebody else as you're doing it and grow you. So maybe this is the year that you learn how to play an instrument or write a song. Do it this year. Do it on this trip around the sun. Maybe this is the year that you want to start learning another language because you think maybe God's calling you to the nations. Somebody came, somebody in my life came to me just this week and it was a surprise. They came in to, and said, you know, I'm, I'm getting ready to go overseas and I've, I've, I've been learning the language. You know, I've been having my, my friend, he's been texting me in that language. I'm trying to pick up all the phrases. So do it this year, learn it this year. So when the time comes, you can go because you're ready. 
Maybe you want to shadow somebody at the hospital because you think maybe you're supposed to go into the medical field. So do it. Go be a shadow. So please hear this from a pastor's heart this morning. Learning and growing and becoming wiser is a gift from God. Now, I know a, a lot of us, it's, it's, I'm not talking about, you know, the information overload, that, the culture that we live in. I'm talking about growing wiser. Don't ever stop learning and don't ever stop growing. Leaders are learners. So don't be the person who's, you know, going to work seminars, you know, which I couldn't give a ripper out, but it's, you know, two days away from the office, so I'm going to go. <laughs> don't be that person. But be the person that when you see an opportunity come along that's going to help you get better at whatever you're doing or whatever you're gifting or whatever your calling is, you know, you're thinking to myself, how can I get there? Because I really want to go and do that. I'm not going to go down there to party night or just get out of the office, but I'm going to go down there to be the first one there at 730 when the seminar starts, alert and wide awake with a fresh mind and an open heart because I want to get better at what I'm doing and who um, God has placed me on this planet to be. I know he's wanting me to step into this, so I'm going to go up. And I'm not staying on the same level, but I'm going to take the stairs. I'm going to take one at a time. I'm not staying the same. I want to grow this year in wisdom and stature. And I'm going to grow in favor with God. And when I do that, I'm going to grow in favor with man. And one of the ways I'm going to grow is I'm going to get to this training and I'm going to try to become somebody who's doing something more than I'm doing right now. And so I want to go, maybe for some of us, you know, it's I want to go to seminary this year and study God's word. So I'm going to start reading more because you know that leaders are learners and readers are leaders. So I want to just encourage you to start reading about the thing that you want to be doing maybe at this time next year instead of just talking about it. Jesus grew. Don't downplay the stewardship that God's given you. Invest the stewardship that God gave you and see what you can do to multiply that. Amen? I'm going to close with this. This is an illustration, a beautiful illustration, I think, from Pastor T.D. Jakes. He said it this way. I think it's super powerful. He said, God never made a chair. God never made a table. He never made a canoe. God never made a guitar or a desk or a log cabin. God never made a staircase or a birdhouse or a piano or a fence or a wooden spoon or a cart. God never made one of those things that we see up on the screen. The only thing that God made was a tree. And when God's looking at you this morning, he's saying, I gave you the tree. What are you going to make out of it? I put that ability and that gifting in you. Do you have an imagination this morning about the potential that God has put in you? Because that imagination, it's going to spur you on. I believe this year, this trip around the sun to say, I want to grow in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and favor with man. And so that might be, you know, God giving you the ability to look at that tree and to fashion and form with your hands that he's given you and the abilities and talents that he's given you, something that revolutionizes the way that we come together around a table and we sit on a chair and we eat with a spoon and we go on the water with a boat. And it makes life better for the people that are in community with us and points to the creator who is the creator of all, who gave you those giftings and abilities, who you can point back to when people ask, well, how did you do that? <laughs> well, it's 
not me, but it's, you know, the one who gave me these giftings and abilities. Let me tell you about him. So maybe something's stirring in you to become something that you are not currently now. Maybe to work and teach the next generation in the education field. Maybe to be the lead percussionist in a symphony. Maybe your passion is to make donuts, to make the best donuts in the world, which I think a lot of us in the room could probably get behind. <laughs> because here's the thing. I love, to, I love to take something that maybe feels a little bit out there like that, but what if you made the best donut in Rapid City? You know, we can all, always use another donut store in Rapid City, right? <laughs> and you made the best donuts, and so people were flocking to your donut store, and because of that, your business made millions, and you took that money and you invested it back into the church and back into missionary work of Jesus Christ around the world and to the global movement of what Jesus and God is doing on this planet. And then when you get to heaven someday, you're going to have a people group that's up there saying, hey, that's the donut guy. I'm here because of you. Because you took your abilities and your talents and your giftings and everything that I've given you, and instead of burying it in a hole, you used it to influence and impact the people around you for the greater good. And so... It may seem like a selfish thing for me to say this morning for you to work on you and for you to invest in you and for you to learn and to grow. And No, it's, it's a kingdom calling on your life to walk in all of the, that he has for you and to impact this world for his kingdom. That's what it is. And I wanna close with this verse. This is, this is one of my top three or four verses. It's, it's, it's been a, a life verse for me. Colossians 3 verse 17 says this. And we'll close with this. It says, whatever you do, it's pretty broad, whatever you do in word or deed, do everything. That's another broad word. <laughs> whatever you do in word or deed, do everything for his name, in his name, in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. If you do that, if you take what he's given you, whatever it is and wherever it is, wherever you are, <laughs> on this trip around the sun, that can make a world of difference, not only to those around you, but even to you. He's given those gifts and abilities in you. And I would say that there's any time that you take a walk with God and you have this habit of spending time with God, he has this habit of stirring up some things inside of you. And so it's just a natural thing for us to do. But it's so easy for us to sometimes just kind of put that on the wayside and, and say, well, it's not about me. Well, it kind of is. You're the hands and feet, right? So Father God, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for this journey. God, we thank you for the abilities and the gifts and the talents that you've given us. God, so God, open up our eyes to all that you've called us to. In your mighty name we pray, amen and amen. Amen. Pastor Derek. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor Sean. I'm going to keep you guys for just another couple of minutes. Should be pretty quick. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I got to share, uh, I think the message was called, uh, We Are the Body of Christ. You guys might remember that. And one of the things that we talked about was how uh, the Bible um, in Romans asks us to be honest in our self-evaluation, to honestly look at ourselves 
And uh, it's really easy for us to, to be negative about ourselves. Yeah, I'm not good at this. I'm not good at these things. That's really, really, really easy for us. Um, because somehow we've gotten in our minds that humility equals poor self-esteem. Well, it's not. That's not humility. Humility is honest evaluation. And so I gave you guys this as an example of honest self-evaluation. I'm not perfect. I know I do well in some areas, and I know I need to grow in some areas. I know I'm a child of the one true God, and as such, I have value and position that I have not earned, but I enjoy it nonetheless. For that, I am humbled and eternally grateful. So I have been given gifts. And it's not easy for me to get up and tell you that there are some things that I'm good at because I often don't feel like I am good at the things that I'm good at. But yesterday, I, uh, it was cold out, so I played some video games and I was trying to stay in the house, but then I was like, you know what, I gotta move the snow. So I got up and I, I dug out the snow blower and I cleared the snow and by the time I was done, I had like icicles hanging off my beard, you know, and, and uh, it was cold and I'd, I'd put away the snow blower and everything was put away and cleaned out and I shoveled the ice that had fallen off my wife's car out of the garage and it was clean and I looked around and I, I looked over at this project that I've been working on in my garage and I haven't gotten to do much with it the last couple of weeks because it's been too cold. My garage isn't heated, it's not insulated. But for Christmas, I got a TIG welder and you don't need to know what that is but it's a new welding process to me and I've been doing it since Christmas and I've been learning I'm getting good at it. So yesterday, it's like 40 below zero. I'm in my garage with the garage door open, ice hanging off of me all over the place with my welding mask down and I'm playing with stuff. And it was amazing and it was a great time. And I think I ended up being outside for like two hours yesterday before I finally gave up. Cause I was like, okay, well, I finished what I was doing. And I was like, if I keep going, I will start something brand new. And I don't think I should probably do that. So I went in the house, but I'm getting good at this new thing. And there's artistry in it and there's creativity in it. And I can honestly evaluate my life and say, I have gifts. So let's take a moment right now, whether you're online or in-house, let's just take a moment. What are your gifts? probably like, but Derek, I'm not a musician. I'm not an artist. I don't, I don't create things like that. Well, that might be true, but are you good with numbers? I'm not good with numbers, but God knew there needed to be people that were good with numbers. Are you good with children? I'm terrible with children. Not, not that you would notice in, in public, like when I'm with children, but man, they drive me nuts instantly. If you have patience with children, that is an amazing gift that God has given you. And there are so many other gifts. So take them, just keep thinking, what, what has God given me? What, what gifts are inside of me? See, part of being human is that you were made in the image of God. And that means that you have gifts and creativity woven into your DNA. As God is creative, so are we. And the greatest way to honor the giver of those gifts is to dedicate those gifts, your very life, back to that creator. The creator that put creativity into you. If you're here this morning or if you're online, uh, either now or you're watching the archives in the future, um, 
And maybe some, something about this discussion today about the creator uh, and, and, and the gifts that he gave to you and, and how he's, he, he, God is rooting for you to get good at the things that he put inside of you, okay? God didn't put stuff in you. He didn't give you gifts so that you could be down on yourself about not having gifts. God put gifts inside of you because he's creative and he wants to see you be creative. Okay, why didn't God build the chair? Why did God stop at building the tree? Because he's facilitating our growth and he's facilitating our creativity. So if you're listening to this today and, and you, maybe you're not a Christian, maybe you wouldn't consider yourself a Christian, but, but this discussion about a God who loves you so much to give you gifts and then encourage you to grow in them, uh, maybe, if that's somebody where you're like, man, that's, that's the kind of thing I want to follow. That's the kind of thing I want to get involved with. I'm going to give you some words in just a moment to uh, kind of help orient your life towards Jesus and, and help you on that journey. But maybe you're in the house and, and you're kind of like me where it's really, really hard for you to recognize and have positive self-esteem or to recognize that you have gifts. And I know, I know that the, the statistics and percentages for people who don't feel good about who they are and what they can do is really, really high. So let's be really honest, okay? If you're in this, if you're listening to this and you're in that group that is like, I'm not good at stuff or, or man, I love Jesus, but he didn't give me any gifts. One of, I believe one of the worst things that we can do, especially as Christians, is to deny the gifts given by God. To deny his gifts is to deny him. I know that might sound a little bit harsh, but guys, I feel like it's true. And I, I want you to know that God doesn't give gifts for no reason. So if you're here today and you're in that, in that boat where, where you've been just down on yourself, you've had poor self-esteem, you're not willing to recognize your gift, but you want to, I'd ask you to say these words after me as well. So if you're in either of those groups, please repeat after me. Jesus, Jesus. thank you for dying for me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for bringing me to life with you. Thank you for bringing me to life with you. Jesus, help me, Jesus, help me. to honestly evaluate, to honestly evaluate. myself. Both the good, the good and, the bad. and the bad. Jesus, help me to grow, Jesus, help me to grow. In, my giftings in my giftings and my relationship with you. My relationship with you. Thank, you so much. Thank you so much. In your name we pray. In your name we pray. Amen.